I'm going to have to have something stronger than like just daily motivation to get me through an injury or to get me through a canceled meet or to get me through a bomb out or whatever could happen. This is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never. My best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was, was the moment that changed my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. journey to a better you starts right now. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thank you so much for being here. My guest today is Kendall Hudson. Kendall is an Olympic weightlifter, former CrossFitter, and current CrossFit coach. On the episode, we got into her transition into weightlifting. We talked about her most recent performance at the American Open Series 1 and what her plans are in the future of weightlifting. So really fun podcast. I hope you guys enjoy this one, and let's kick it over to the interview now. I saw you were doing CrossFit and then got into weightlifting. I feel like everyone who's been on the podcast has literally told the exact same story. Yeah, <laughs> it's very common. CrossFit's definitely helped weightlifting. Did you like competing in CrossFit? Like, were you actually trying to be competitive in that or just doing it for fun? Um, I was competing in CrossFit. I didn't CrossFit for actually like seven years and I worked my way up to being like a more competitive CrossFit athlete. But I would say I'd always had, I had too many weaknesses to really like be the one of the best and whatever I'm doing, I want to be like the best at it. So it was really hard for me to like see a future in the sport just because I'm like there's so many like holes in my game and stuff in CrossFit whereas I knew my strengths were lifting so what weaknesses did you have um running and double unders were my two most hated movements (laughs) I loved gymnastics and I loved weightlifting those are my two like best that's what kept me in there I trained for regionals for a year and I did actually like made a team for regionals, but I ended up getting a strep throat like the week before oh, no. and it turned into like bronchitis. So I didn't go. Oh, wow. Um, I had no idea about that though. Yeah. And I did like Wadapalooza and other like fun competitive meets, but yeah, running was definitely not my favorite. <laughs> yeah, when I did, I did the same thing. I played baseball in college, and then I started doing CrossFit. Even the local competitions around me, like the people are just so good. Like, yeah. not even not even close to regional athletes, but people just doing RX competitions. I'm like, how do you do stuff <laughs> this fast? And like the difference between those people and like games athletes is insane. To be like the in the sport is yeah it is really it's pretty crazy i think do you ever like look on instagram the high level crossfit athletes you ever do you ever do you ever feel like you want to get back into it or you just kind of all into weightlifting well i still coach at a crossfit gym and i still am around quite a few like very competitive crossfitters and i definitely get like the itch for it sometimes but I'll just like hop in a class workout. I actually did one tonight, <laughs> a class workout, just like to change it up. I'll do it like every few months. It definitely sucks way more because I have, don't ever do cardio, but <laughs> I do miss the gymnastics 
part of it. I don't miss the training at all. <laughs> What'd you do when you were younger? Like, did you do any sports growing up? Um, I did cheerleading and swimming. And I was a competitive cheerleader and I did swim in like the neighborhood swim team and then swam for like my high school team. Okay. So you have a pretty athletic background. It's not like you yeah. kind of just showed up into weightlifting and were relatively new to competing or doing anything athletically. Yeah. So I started CrossFit because of a injury and cheerleading in high school. Um, and I, my parents were doing CrossFit and I was like, I tore my MCL and my knee and I was like, I still want to work out, but like I couldn't go to cheer practice because I couldn't do anything they were doing. So I'd go to the CrossFit gym and they would scale workouts for me. And that's how I found the sport. And I ended up quitting cheerleading and never went back um, in high school and stuck with CrossFit. Do you have a hard time coaching and being in weightlifting? Because a lot of times weightlifters and CrossFitters I don't, I don't want to say they don't get along, but I don't think they see eye to eye very often. Um, I think that statement, it can be true, but I think because I like never left the CrossFit environment, um, I still like have so much respect for CrossFitters and I still don't believe I've like adapted all of those negative <laughs> uh, thoughts towards CrossFitters that other weightlifters have. I've trained in a CrossFit gym for pretty much my whole lifting career so far. So I've never really had the luxury of like nobody walking in front of me when I was lifting or having a platform and people taking my things. Like I've just learned to adapt to that. And I'd say my lifting, my training environment's just been CrossFit. So do you think that serves you better when you go to competitions and have things happen where people do walk in front of you in the warm-up platform where somebody steals your plates or something? I do. I, I think that I've done a, I haven't actually planned this, but I train in a garage. I'll train like outside. I train in the CrossFit gym and then I'll still train at weightlifting gym sometimes if I go visit my coach or visit other lifters. So I've done a good job just like adapting to my surroundings and I think when it comes to competition time like you can't control the setting um so I feel like I've have a benefit to that I don't get mad when people walk in front of me I don't get mad if there's music playing at a competition I don't get mad if there's not music playing like it doesn't really change how I perform yeah and uh Phil actually Phil Andrews just started following the podcast recently so if you have any music complaints, definitely take it up with them. Because USA Weightlifting meets, they have some pretty bad music playing. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. I don't ever notice, no. I've never noticed it competing, but when I was just there watching, yeah, I was like, they were just playing like classic rock. And I'm like, are we? Yeah. Come on. They need a new DJ. Yeah, seriously. They need DJs from like the 2000s or <laughs> on. But yeah, so talk about like that transition from switching over to CrossFit and weightlifting. Like it's two completely different sports. So what was that like? So it really wasn't my intention to ever switch. Um, I made it a goal in 2019 to just compete in a weightlifting meet because people always said like, you could probably do really good. You are a good weightlifter. 
So I like set that, I wrote it on the board in the CrossFit gym that I was going to compete in a weightlifting meet in 2019. And I came back from Wadapalooza and there was actually a local meet, um, I think a couple of weeks later. And I was like, I'll just sign up for that. And I went to it in like a singlet and a crop top or not a singlet, sorry, and leggings and a crop top, no singlet. I didn't sign up for like the USAW official membership or anything. And I ended up going like six or six. I stayed pretty conservative and it was really fun. I enjoyed it. And then my coach at the time was like, wow, your total is only like, I think it was only like five kilos off of making nationals. He's like, do you want to go try another one? Actually wear a singlet and sign up. And I was like, sure. Why not? I had no idea what nationals really meant. I didn't know how like exclusive it was that, um, that it was actually kind of pretty tough to make nationals. And a lot of lifters, that's like their career goal to make nationals. So I ended up going and getting a singlet and I qualified for nationals like a month later. And then I ended up going to nationals. And when I was training for nationals, I was like, I think I'm going to go all in on this. And I ended up stopping CrossFit and I stuck with my CrossFit coach. He helped me get to nationals and train at nationals. And then after that, I ended up switching over to a weightlifting coach. Yeah. Did you notice like what were the differences when you actually switch from a CrossFit coach to a weightlifting coach? Like what was the biggest, was there programming differences or just more of a focus on technique? Um, all the above, they are, they were, it's their specialty coach weightlifting. So I'm not, I think that if you want to be the best of the best in a certain sport or a certain thing, you have to go to the specialist. Um, I'm not going to go to like a running coach to learn a deadlift. So um, not that my CrossFit coach didn't know weightlifting, but that was just a very small thing that he had studied in the sport of CrossFit. Um, So I saw in my programming that there was a lot more focus on technique, like different drills, um, and then there was, it was just like higher volume of like just squats, heavy squats, like heavy pulls. Whereas, but I think CrossFit was a lot more like EMOMs and we don't really do EMOMs or anything in weightlifting. At least my coach doesn't right now. So <laughs> you might do it after he hears this, but <laughs> yeah, that car, that cardio piece. And I'm sure like there must be in always, if you, if you have a CrossFit coach, just hop in this workout real quick. Like just, yeah. uh, you, instead of accessories, just do, uh, do the class wad today. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I, <laughs> yeah, you that. <laughs> and I think anybody who wants to be a high level athlete, there comes a time where you have to make the decision. Like you have to leave CrossFit and maybe, you wanted to do it and do both at a high level. But if you want to be the best at something, you're going to have to be a specialist. Yeah. And that's what, that's what drove me to just switch is I don't want to be like a mediocre CrossFitter and a mediocre weightlifter. I was like, whatever I'm doing, I want to be all in on it. And I chose weight. I thought I saw a future with weightlifting. I could actually like see that I just started and I made nationals. Like what if I actually focus on this and go from the C group at nationals to A group at nationals or make an international team. And then like 
once that I was all falling into place, I was like, wow, the Olympics actually are like realistic in this sport, not like the CrossFit games. Like I never envisioned myself being a CrossFit games athlete just because I couldn't even get to regionals. Yeah. That, well, it's just that pool of people too. There's like what 500,000 people doing the open. And then you might have 10,000 total in USA weightlifting, like females. But yeah, so with relatively little training, you make it to nationals. Were you successful the first time? Like how, how the meet actually go? Uh, I would not say I was successful. Um, it was definitely a learning experience for both me and my coach. He, I never coached at a national meet. I had never competed at a national meet. We both went into it, not really knowing what to expect. We had a great time. Um, we hit our, we didn't bomb out. We hit our openers on both the snatch and clean and jerk. And I think I finished last at national. So, <laughs> which I wasn't really mad about. I had no expectations going into the sport uh, or going into the meet. Um, but I did enjoy like the experience and it was enough to really like light a fire in me and want to keep going with the sport. Yeah. Once you got the taste for that, that you could see yourself being competitive. Yeah. Have you always had that? Like when you were swimming or when you were cheerleading, did you always want to win? Do you think you've had that mindset growing up? Yeah, for sure. And I think it's definitely like something I was I grew up around my, my whole family played sports and my dad was like the high school basketball coach. He coached my brothers in football. Like it was just instilled in me when just growing up that <laughs> I wanted to be everybody. I wanted to be my brothers at stuff. I wanted to beat the kids in the neighborhood at like tag. <laughs> That's really cool. And uh, it seems like you made the right choice by watching how you did at the American Open a couple weeks ago. You uh, you definitely made the right choice switching over to weightlifting. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I am very happy about my decision. So what are you working on now? Like you just competed um, and we can kind of get into that, like how the competition went, but what's the goal in weightlifting like right now? What's the short term? Um, nationals. Senior nationals is at the end of June. So I'm in a training cycle for that. I just started this week. Okay, cool. And yeah, so so we kind of teased it, but the the American Open, you were actually in person. Do you know how many people competed in person? I don't know the total amount, but just this is a very common number. If we were in a session that had 10 people competing, there was probably two or three in person. So only like 20 to 30% of competitors were actually there. So was it weird in the warm-up area and stuff? <laughs> it wasn't as weird as I expected it to be. I was a little nervous about that when I heard that there was actually only like two other girls in my session. I was like, this might be a little weird. But I didn't realize how much like when I'm back there, I'm not really focused on anyone else. I'm focused on like what I'm, my warm-ups and my coach and whatever he's saying to me. Um, and it, they did a really good job make, like running it. So like they had the Zoom calls up and we could see the people on zoom going as if they were actually on the stage so it wasn't weird it was surprising (laughs) do you watch other people when you're when you're lifting do you pay attention to people around you competing or no um i watch the screen sometimes and i think a lot of girls purposely like turn the other way and don't watch it but 
<laughs> I like to see what's going on. Okay. I'm the person who sits in the corner and like intentionally faces the wall. I don't yeah. know why, but the other girls in my session were doing that. But I was like, just I mean, I didn't go to the very end of my session either, so I was kind of bored sitting there and I was like, I'll just watch them. Yeah. That that's cool though. That I think that learning to compete that you a lot of the people who I brought on the podcast have done other sports before they did weightlifting or CrossFit or whatever sport they're doing now. And you can't really teach that. You can't teach adversity and competition or you can't teach how to how to react to stuff going wrong or whatever else is, is kind of outside of your control. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely been a learning experience, especially through like changing from CrossFit to weightlifting. You can, there's different ways like you have to deal with the adversity in weightlifting or in CrossFit. And I remember like my first meet, like missing a warm up number that I shouldn't have missed. And I was like, got really in my head and freaked out. But now I just like, the more experienced I get in the sport, the more I know like that doesn't matter. Like missing a 60% snatch has nothing to do with my, me going out on stage and hitting a hundred percent. It's just a fluke sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, you can definitely see that the higher level competitors. If you see mm -hmm. somebody who's doing their first meet and they miss a warm up, they're like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So, so you've, progressed to the highest level basically in the sport I saw that you qualified for the the university world team but uh didn't actually get to go which obviously sucks so kind of talk us through that like the highs and lows of qualifying for an international team and then it gets taken away from you um well that whole year was just kind of crazy. I, I mean, it was really my first full year in the sport um, and it was with COVID. So there was a lot of adjusting my programming and a lot of like figuring out where I was going to train, when I was going to train. I was allowed in the gym at first because I was a coach and I could go in by myself and train. And then when they did the at-home order or stay-at-home order, I had to wasn't allowed in the gym and I was training like in my apartment parking lot. <laughs> with a barbell that I checked out of the gym. And then I was training like in some people's garages. I was training, I, I could make it out to my coach, I'd go there. So the whole training cycle was crazy. And I knew that I had an opportunity to make universities uh, uh, international team, but I was not quite sure how we were gonna get there with COVID going on. Um, so we, they ended up making an online qualifier and I competed in my coach's garage and I didn't do very good in that online qualifier, but my total from university nationals was actually enough to hold up against what the other girls put up in the online qualifier. So that's how I qualified for um, Team USA. And then it was kind of like a waiting game, like we thought that was it. Like we were, like we made it, but you still had to wait for like the official list to come out. And I found out I made it probably like two or three weeks after that online qualifier. And then I think it was only like two weeks later, we got noticed that it was canceled. So it was like definitely an emotional roller coaster. I was like super, super happy and super anxious about like 
what it was going to be like to compete internationally. And I think, I know I'm going to have other opportunities to make an international international team, but I'm also like, I wish I had that opportunity as just like a university international athlete to just get my feet in the water and see what it was like to go somewhere on a 24 hour flight somewhere and adjust and compete. Did you give yourself any time off after it was canceled? Like, was there a down in motivation? Um, no, not really. I, we ended up starting, we were in a training cycle that was taking us to October, um, when I would be in Korea, but we ended up just changing that training cycle a little bit. And I think that was for AO finals and nationals maybe was the next one we were going to. So it didn't really change too much. I just kept training. I was like, if that's not going to happen, then what's next? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sure your faith had something to do with that. Um, I know you post a lot about it on Instagram and it's not something we've brought up on the podcast too much. So kind of talk us through how that plays a role in your training or competition. Like how does that work? My faith is something that I'm like super proud of. And I like to, it's my main priority. It's what I put first before everything. So I think that's something that helps me in the sport a lot. And that's something that I think is going to get me very far in the sport because when something is going wrong, I know that like God has a plan for me, or I know that the sport of weightlifting, like it's a gift to me from God. And I am doing him a disservice. If I don't go to training every day and train as hard as I can, I'm wasting away that gift. So that's kind of what drives me. And that's my why behind why I compete. And I also understand like there's going to be bumps in the road and I can get stronger in my faith. I can grow through those in my faith, but I can also grow through those as an athlete. Like there's not going to be just a straight shot to the Olympics. I'm going to probably get injured. Hopefully not, but (laughs) that could happen. And I'm going to have to have something stronger than like just daily motivation to get me through an injury or to get me through a canceled meet or to get me through a bomb out or whatever could happen. Um, along that ride so it plays a huge role in my goals and then it also plays a huge role in like just my everyday training like I prepare for training I usually say a prayer before I train and it keeps me calm it keeps me like grounded Um, it allows me to just like train with like no stress or no anxiety about what's going to happen and it allows me to compete that way too so people always make fun of me when I like go on the platform and stuff. I'm like usually smiling or I'm like, they're like, you just walk out there so casually. Like, and every, all the other girls are like screaming or like super intense with like a really angry face. And not to say they, I, and I get beat all the time. So not to say that I shouldn't be doing that, but I also like, I don't feel the need to do that. I feel like I put in the work and whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Like, I'm either going to fail, which I hope not, but if that happens, I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to move on. Um, Or if I do really, really good, then I know that that was supposed to happen and 
it was like a gift from God. So it definitely plays a role in everything with training. I don't think I'd be where I'm at without my faith. Yeah, I like that mindset. And even regardless of your faith or not, but having that kind of it's whatever's meant to happen is going to happen. If if you have a setback, there's something better in store or something yeah. different was meant to happen. So I think that's awesome that you you kind of can stay grounded. And like just watching on the live stream, you could definitely tell that you have a blast when you're competing. It looks like you're having fun. Yeah. And I think that's the whole purpose of it. Like I'm not going to do something that I'm miserable doing or that I have to be like angry doing. It's like a huge reason why I have my Instagram and stuff too, because I want to show like people that like, I, I truly want to make it in the sport, but I want to make it more to show like other girls that like you can be kind and you can be nice and friendly and still be a good athlete and be a competitor. Cause I feel like <laughs> there's so many people I have met that just like won't make eye contact with me in the back or like, they like can't even say like good job or like cheer anyone on. And I understand they're my competitors and like, I probably shouldn't cheer them on, but what they're going to do what they're going to do. And I'm going to do what I'm going to do regardless. Like if they just hit a PR, I'm going to congratulate them because that's awesome. And then I'm going to use that as motivation to go out there and hit my PR. Like (laughs) I've never even thought about it that way. (laughs) Like (laughs) just as a competitive person. Yeah. I guess you kind of think, sometimes it's either either I win and somebody else has to lose instead of like you're kind of just doing whatever you're gonna do yeah I'm I understand that right hopefully I can be the strongest in my sport one day but right now there's girls that are stronger than me and when I go out on the competition floor like I have my goals and I want to beat them but sometimes that's not realistic at the moment where I'm at right now so so how do you go about goal setting? You talked about the Olympics, that, which is a long time away. So how does that play a factor into what you're doing daily? So I use the Olympics to kind of drive me through training, but I also understand like I'm not just competing for the Olympics. At the end of this, at the end of my career, if I don't make the Olympics, I want to have, I don't want to just feel like defeated because there's a lot that goes into making the Olympic team that is out of your control. They can change your weight class. They can change how many people they bring. You can not attend one meet and they say that wasn't mandatory meet. Like there's so many things that can go into it that are out of your control. So I also like to have like other goals along the way. So to go to nationals and hit a certain total or to qualify for Pan Am team in 2022 or to just know that like everyday smaller goals to know every day in training, I gave it my all and I did everything I could for this quad to make the Olympic team. And I think if I know that I did that, I can leave the sport satisfied. But if I don't feel like I gave my all, in training or I don't feel like I gave my all in every competition, then that's when I think I could, I won't be able to leave the sport like happy. Have you had any like mindset coaches or done any reading or is this something that you've developed on your own? Um, I listen to podcasts some 
and some I do I do some reading, but I've never had a coach. I think it's something that I've definitely developed through my years of like being a competitive cheerleader and being um, a CrossFitter. But I will say, like, I've noticed a huge change in my mindset through just the sport of weightlifting. Just if I can look back on like even just like one year ago where I was at mentally and where I'm at now, it's totally different. What's like the biggest shift? I would say I had a really hard time mentally when I transferred from CrossFit to weightlifting because in CrossFit, I could like have a bad day of lifting, but then make up for it on like my rowing intervals or make up for it on my gymnastics or my Metcon. Um, There was lots of like different ways you could leave the day feeling good. But when you go into a day of weightlifting training, if you're not feeling strong or if you're not feeling like you want to lift a barbell, you don't have a choice. Or if you don't want to, you're not hitting your percentages, like you have to figure out some way to get through the training day. And I had a really hard time doing that. Like I would approach a session and not hit my percentages that I was supposed to. And I would have like the worst day the rest of the day. Um, But now I know, like, I think it also comes with like educating myself on the sport too. Like if I'm not hitting my percentages, like just take a little step down and hit some really good reps a little bit lighter so you can feel better about it. But then if you're ever having a really, really, really good day, like take advantage of that really good day and see what happens. Like maybe you go a little bit heavier than you're supposed to. Um, so I know that there's ups and downs through the sport and I've learned how to manage kind of my emotions better. Yeah. I think that's, that's key for a lot of people. Some people just look at the program and they're like, okay, I have to do the program. The, the yeah. program is what's what's written. I need to do this. And then some days you don't feel it and some days you feel really good. And it's like, it's not good if you don't take advantage of those days, but it's also bad if you try to push on the days that you don't have it. Yeah, definitely lead to injury. I've had training days where I've been training out of a CrossFit gym most of the training cycle and it will be like 30 degrees outside and the CrossFit gym's 30 degrees and I'm can't get warmed up and I'm super, super tight. And if I push through that, I could get injured super easily. So there's days where I've been like, okay, maybe I shouldn't max out today. Maybe I should take it easier. Maybe I should come back at another time, go to a different gym. Like I just have to adjust. And you'll just get better at that with the more experience that you get. People, you might hear that you've been doing the sport for a year or two years but that's not a long time, especially something that's in the Olympics. It takes years yeah. to get there. Yeah, for sure. It definitely surprises people when I like leave a meet and they ask like how long I've been doing the sport or something. And it's only been two years. I mean, it surprises me just even thinking about how far I've come in two years too. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, it, it was just cool to watch you. So I see on Instagram, like you said, you like to use that for to promote positivity, especially to young girls who want to compete. You talk a lot about body image as well. So just kind of lead into that. Like what's what's important to you as as far as promoting a good message? Um, well, I will say one of the big reasons I never switched to weightlifting or even tried to weightlifting me was because I didn't want to 
I had never done anything in my life that didn't involve cardio. Like I did cheerleading and we did really hard cardio sessions throughout cheerleading growing up. And then I switched to CrossFit and obviously do a lot of cardio and CrossFit. And I always thought I needed cardio to like stay skinny or like lean. Um, And I was terrified of switching to weightlifting and gaining weight. And when I think about that, it like makes me angry because, well, one, because I haven't gained any weight through from the time I was a CrossFitter training like four hours a day to the time now that I don't do any cardio and I just lift weights. And I also have probably, I mean, I've definitely leaned out. My body fat has gone down from weightlifting, which is kind of crazy. So I'd like to promote that as like, you don't have to just go on runs or do ride a bike to like lose weight and look good. And you're never going to like girls that want to like look lean. You have to lift weights to do that, to have that lean muscle mass. Um, so that's one thing I like to talk about, but I also like want to talk about like how body image isn't everything like what your body can do, I think is way cooler and way more impressive than what your body looks like. And right now it's kind of crazy. I'm switched from a CrossFit gym training just recently to a bodybuilding gym and people and the body, they have like a platform in the back and stuff. So I train in there and people there are like, you don't look like you can lift all that weight. Like, how do you lift all that weight? Cause they're like whole sport is about aesthetic. They're like, you don't have a six pack. How do you squat that much or like, um, <laughs> but I think the cool thing about weightlifting is like the weight classes and stuff that you can be strong, whether you're 49 kilos or whether you're 85 kilos and you're so freaking impressive, whether whatever weight class you're in, um, whatever you look like, it doesn't matter. It matters what your body can do. Yeah. And just like the athleticism required for weightlifting, it, it, it is so cool to see how many people, and it, I think USA weightlifting does a good job having like the American open series when people who can't qualify for nationals or finals can, yeah. can compete. And you see so many people just train hard and really put the time in for this. And maybe, yeah, they're not lifting the most amount of weight, but they're having fun. They're doing something that's healthy for them. I think we all need that. Yeah. And people always ask, like, I'm a coach and they'll ask me like, is it okay if I get a Peloton and I start doing the, like riding the Peloton and I'm like it, whatever makes you move and whatever motivates you to do some kind of movement, some kind of fitness, like do it. Like there's no, absolutely no judgment. If it's yoga, if it's Pilates, if it's weightlifting, if it's bodybuilding, whatever it is your that motivates you and gets you in the gym and gets you moving and keeps you healthy, I support it. Yeah, I like that. Anything to just move. And I know a lot, you said you were lifting in a parking lot or there's people in garages around around the country. Like I think USA Weightlifting again did a good job, like just keep lifting. And yeah. people, CrossFit gyms, lent out equipment. Like the fitness community is really cool. And I think it kind of gets a bad rap a little bit since America's like so unhealthy, but, but there is a lot of, a lot of things that you can do. So yeah, that's awesome that, uh, 
have you found like being a coach and being a competitor at the same time like is that hard to balance the more competitive I've gotten in the sport the less I've coached so I think that that's helped because I was spending so much time in the gym before like just between coaching and training but like on the other end of it I do have a lot of like days where I record almost every rep I do in the gym and I in between reps I watch myself and I have like my coaching eye where I can see things that are wrong and I think that really really helps me but I also like know that that's a very biased eye that like I still need another coach's input on it um but I don't I love I love coaching and I coach a t like a totally different sport really so it's been kind of fun to learn way more about weightlifting and take that over to the CrossFit side of things and show people like, no, you don't have to bang the bar with your hips so hard or like you don't have to go right to your toes when you do a snatch. Like I've just learned more specialized cues and stuff for cross or for weightlifting that I can bring into the CrossFit gym. And it's helped a ton of people in our gym as well. Yeah. That you don't have to muscle snatch everything and like it's yeah. okay to squat. <laughs> Do you, do you call it a squat snatch or, or you like ban that term? Um, I, I call it a snatch, but if people ask if it's a squat snatch, I say, yeah. Or like, I just let my programmer in the CrossFit gym do that. <laughs> the term not, it doesn't bother me. Okay. You, so, you, so you're not like this, you know, weightlifters are yeah. usually... <laughs> I personally am like, it's not a squat. It's not a squat snatch. It's a real snatch. That's it. But yeah. So what's, um, you have a life outside of weightlifting. So like, what's your daily routine? Like what, it, what's your morning routine look like in the morning? Um, so I work from home. I have a real job actually. Weightlifting is not, and coaching are not my full-time jobs. Um, I work from home for, I do marketing for a software company. So in the morning, I wake up usually about an hour before I have to like actually start working because I like to just take my dog on a walk, get a little bit of movement in in the morning and I'll do like a devotional or something to get my head in the right place. And then I make some breakfast and then I sit down and I work for a few hours. It's super nice working from home. I can like stretch throughout the day. I can switch where I'm sitting or where I'm standing, um, which I think is helps a lot for me as an athlete. And then I usually take a lunch break. This is also an advantage from working from home. I take like a two hour lunch break to go to the gym. I live like two minutes from the gym. So I go to the gym and I do most of my training. If not, if I can fit it all and I'll do it all. And then I come back and I work for a few more hours and then I'll go back to the gym and finish my training or I'll coach or sometimes I don't have to go back to the gym and I'll take my dog to the park or go on a walk, hang out with friends, something that just kind of like distresses me from everything that went on that day. I also like working from home gets very boring. So I like to go hang out with people and have some social interaction. <laughs> yeah. And being a tough sport, like you kind of need that downtime. You need something else yeah. to to look forward to. Yeah, for sure. I like to have balance, a little, like a certain amount of balance, not too much balance, but 
I definitely like I hang out with my friends or like I still will go to like a brewery and hang out I won't get drunk but <laughs> I like to like have that time where it feels like okay I'm a normal 24 year old sometimes yeah you can get wrapped up in it pretty quick and and I'm sure yeah. if you have a if you have a good coach who's telling you like the Olympics is a possibility it's probably easy to get wrapped up into that like I need to I need to sleep my nine hours I need to do all the stretching but at the end of the day like you're a person too yeah I'm very big on my sleep I if I don't get my nine hours sleep a night I'm not a happy person so (laughs) I don't do you have any night routines like anything you do to kind of wind down from training um yeah so I usually I don't train too late at night. I think the latest I'll ever be in the gym working out, it was like 5.30 PM. So, um, I try and not train late at night just cause I feel like that spikes my adrenaline and I'm have a really hard time going to sleep when I do that at night though. I typically will, um, uh, make some kind of like snack protein snack or something. And I was like, sit on the couch and relax, watch a show or something. And then I like to read when I go in my room, I will read, um, a little bit before I go to bed. And that always just like calms me down a little bit. Yeah. Make, <laughs> makes me makes you fall <laughs> yeah. Any good shows that you've watched recently? Um, I don't really watch like cable. So I'm like on Netflix and stuff. And I've been watching, I'm obsessed with New Girl, so I've rewatched New Girl about 20 times. <laughs> That's like my show I'll watch at night. It just makes me happy. It makes me laugh. Um, I'm, watch- I'm watching Dawson's Creek, the super old show. Oh. But I haven't really gotten into any of the newer Netflix series. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I think you can get wrapped up and <laughs> you can definitely go yeah. go down the rabbit hole there. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. Where can people find you if they want to follow you on Instagram? Um, my Instagram is Kendall R. Hudson. Okay, cool. And you're lifting at Nationals, which is in June, right? Yep, the end of June. Okay. And the beginning of July. I think they're making it a week-long event this year. So. Oh, awesome. Well, I look forward yeah. to watching your journey and kind of hopefully I'll get you back on in a couple of years and we'll be talking about yeah. the Olympics. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Once again, thanks so much to Kendall for coming on the show. Really appreciated getting to know her. If you guys want to give her a follow, that's always linked up in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this one, just make sure to take a quick screenshot and put it out on your Instagram story. And as always, if you haven't done so, five-star rating and review on iTunes if you have a few extra minutes to spare. So thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I will talk to you guys next week.